Welcome back, everybody. Another dog bone podcast. Um, we just did. We just recorded one. We're going to re- record a couple of them today. Um, did a nice short one. Did some Facebook questions. This one is. I've got an Instagram. A couple Instagram questions. Um, so here we're just going to get right into it. Question is: Hey, I have a four-month-old golden retriever. We've done some retrieves with bumpers and tennis balls with your antler scent on them. I recently started trying to use the antler to retrieve. He will go pick it up, but he only brings it three quarters of the distance. Then he lays down and tries to chew on it. I haven't, I've never given him a bone or antler to chew on. So my question is, should I just stick to my hallway in my house for now? Also, if you have a dog lay down, do you go grab the object and make them do it again? As to not let them decide when the session is over and try to end on a higher note. Thanks for all your videos and guidance thus far. So I think this one's a little bit tricky. Um, there's a there's a couple elements that I think really are key in this. First one is the age of the dog. He's four months old, so we're talking like a really young dog, and I think there are lots of things um, here. I messaged him back and I said, you know, there's a, there's a couple ways to look at it. Like your physical setup is one. So and you asked, you know, do I just keep doing it in the hallway? Sounds like you're doing it in the hallway, which is a, a smart thing. I I like to eliminate opportunities for them to fail straight out and straight back is a habit I want to form early on with retrieving. So we, we like to use the hallway. I like to use straight edges. I like to use things that help guide the dog down and back. And so one of the things that I look at is a, usually when dogs hang up. So this is a trick that I've, that I've used and it's not my trick. I've just, I've seen other people do it. And, um, I remember distinctly running into this problem years ago when I trained my first lab. Um, I would have been, it was a summer, I got the dog after my freshman year of college, um, and it was the first dog of mine, and, and I, I remember I was at a, on a soccer field in the summertime, and I was retrieving with the dog, and the dog wanted to st- stop short, and I was, these weren't puppy retrieves, the dog was a little bit older, um, we were out in the big open field, and the dog would run out, pick it up really well, but it never, wouldn't come back to me all the way. And so it was always stopping short. And I, and, and you're running into this where the dogs bring it back three quarters of the way, laying down to chew on it. So the way I couldn't figure out, and it would make me so mad, and I just wanted to go get the dog, and I wanted to go get the dummy from it, and I wanted to, you know, I was, I was angry at it because it was doing this. And so the best way I got that dog to come back to me was I turned and walked away from it. I just left it. And so she couldn't believe it when I did that. And, and immediately and instantly, it was amazing. She, as soon as I turned and walked away from her, she'd look at me and she'd pick that thing up and she'd come running to me. And so at that point, I would time it where I got down and praised her, welcomed her. Instead of getting mad at her and going to chase her, which she thought was kind of fun actually. Um, and then all of a sudden it kind of turned into this game of keep away. Instead I said, I'm going the other way, I'm leaving you. And she just felt, well, for whatever reason, I got to get back to him. So I look at this scenario, you know, I, I shrink it down and I look at your, your issue that you're having and I go, well, one, one way is maybe to turn and walk away from the dog. Totally depends. I mean, some, some of that, sometimes that is the fix. And then they go, I got to get, I got to get with him. And when they get, so you might lengthen it out and move away. And then I think the important thing is when the dog starts to come to you, overcome its temptation to hang up again with your welcome. Like 
you really got to get excited for them. Oh, you're so good. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And get them to overcome that, that, that question. So I just did that. And Bella jumped up. So she's lay, Bella is laying here on the floor. She's laying about, she's probably about five or six feet from me. She's on a, on a floor mat that we have just in our kitchen. And she was laying there peacefully. And she just circled back and laid down in that spot, exact spot. She went right back to it and laid down. And when I just did this, oh, you're so good. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. She stood up. She instantly came walking over to me and she put her little head on my lap and I didn't touch her, I didn't praise her or anything. And, and then she just turned and she went back and she laid down. So because we've created this understanding of that excitement and oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. That formed before they were 16 weeks old. That formed before you're at four months, hopefully. And if it didn't, then I think that's what you need to be working on. So that's recall. And the dog has to understand what that recall is. And then retrieving is nothing really more than a recall with something in its mouth. And now that's the very basic form of it. But so sometimes when these dogs hang up, I say, go away from them. And, and then recall them to you when they start coming to you, overcome their temptation to hang up again, get them to you, praise them for it, and then start practicing that hold and that delivery. And then take it from them and then give it back to them. And so if the hesitation, so what we're doing with that is if the hesitation is that they're afraid to give it to you because they think you're going to take it away. I see so many people, when the dummies come in with these young dogs, they snatch it away from them so quickly like they're a kid stealing their toy back. You know, some, some kid took my ball, so now I'm going to grab it from him and take it away. You can't have it anymore. Well, that kid isn't going to want to play with you anymore. If you are a ball hog and you can't share, no one wants to play with you. So when the dog comes to you and you take the, and you first off, you don't take it from them. You just tell them how good they are for holding on to it. They start to think, mm, no rush, no threat for him to take it away. In fact, look at him. He praises me and he tells me he's good and he caresses me and he gives me warmth and he gives me love for this action. This is good. I should do this more often because this is what he likes. That's what's registering in this dog's head. So you're praising and rewarding this idea of holding and delivering. That's where that starts. And then you take it away from them. And then you turn around and you give them it back. Or take another dummy out of your bag and give them that dummy. I've seen guys do that. I don't usually do that. But I'll take the one that they just gave me and I give it right back to them. And then I do the exact same thing. I tell them how good they are. So all of a sudden, it's very quickly that the dog does not look at this thing as like a possessive thing. They, In fact, they, they look at it as... What's yours is mine and mine is yours. We'll share it back and forth so we can kind of eliminate. Now, I don't know if that's the issue that you have, but that is something that is important to start developing early. The other part of it, the other answer to my, to the, that I answered to this guy was, I said, that might be the answer. The other answer might be the opposite. A completely different direction. Here's another thing that I think you could do. Shorten it up. Short, if the dog stops three quarters of the way and you're, let's say you're 10 yards, so the dog comes seven yards and lays down, three yards away from you, 10 feet from you, too far, too far for you to reach them. It's the perfect distance for them to tease you and have you want to come after them or whatever, you know. It's this, it's this face-off. Who's going to move first? So if, if you're 10 yards and the dog stops at seven, the opposite way of doing it would be shrink the retrieve to three yards. So 10 feet. Pitch it out 10 feet. And if the dog comes back to you three quarters of the way, it's two feet away from you, three feet from you. So you could take one step 
and you could start to get your hand underneath and start to tell them how good they are and not reach for the dummy, but you could pre praise them and pet their chest, praise the underside of their chin. They're two feet away from you. You don't even have to take a step probably. You could reach out. So instead of making it longer, make it shorter and eliminate this setup. So that's another way I might try to handle this. Now, the other thing I think you, the, the most important, so those are, those are thoughts and ideas that I would do with a young dog, a medium dog, or an old dog. The thing that comes up with this situation is, is the dog is 16 weeks old. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to read. So I, I sent the guy a message. Um, one of the questions I asked him, because I oftentimes ask as many questions as I answer when it comes to this, because I do think there's more elements that I need to know. One of them I said was, how often are you making these retrieves? Sounds like the dog doesn't have a ton of energy and desire to continue to do it. Hard to say it's just based on reading your question. I said, one thing I would start right away with is I would take a break. I think oftentimes, you know, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but he's only, the dog's only 16 weeks old, probably started retrieving a while ago. And I think one of the biggest things we can do in those first eight weeks is over-retrieve these puppies till they quit. And I'm not saying that's what happened here, but I see it happen all the time where we retrieve, 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 and finally the dog just says, I don't want to do this anymore. They're puppies. They get tired of doing stuff after a minute or two. So they get bored with the idea, and all of a sudden they do that every day, multiple times a day, and now all of a sudden the puppy thinks that the behavior is chase out, run down, pick it up, lay down. I quit. It's the best way to quit. Don't do anything. Lay there. And you know what? Give me an object, I'll chew on it. So they start forming this habit, and it's based out of burnout and boredom, the lack of interest in what you're doing with them. So I do think, so I asked him about that. I asked, you know, is that potentially part of this issue? Now, let me bring it back up here because I just closed it out on my phone. Uh, I want to read you what is. So I said, um, those, are, those are some of the things. I, I also recommended to him to watch Live with Spry. So here's, here's why I asked him, I, here's why I said, Live with Spry might be a good one for you because Spry, who is a fantastic retriever, I don't know how old, she's two, two and a half years old now. She's a fantastic little dog. Um, she didn't make retrieves till she was about eight months old. Well, and so if you watch our series, you're, you will see me go through something that I've never gone through with another dog before, which is why we do these series. We're doing Bella Be Good because the things that Bella does well, I'd like you to see. The things that Bella doesn't do well, I'd like you to see. It's very rare that I think you see that. I think a lot of times we see what goes well for people and their dogs. We don't necessarily see what doesn't go well, and then all of a sudden they're magically fixed, and, and then, then all of a sudden you start seeing them doing it again because it looks good. We don't, we don't care how bad we look. I don't care how bad I look. Uh... I, I, because in the end, I think we're going to look good. That's my mentality with it. So Bella did not make retrieves till she was about eight months old. You mean Spry? Spry. I'm sorry. Yep. Good thing you got Wonder Boy on the job here. Spry did not make retrieves till she was eight months old. So I said you should watch Spry, because you'll see. And in the re, in the way I the way I fixed Spry's retrieving was I quit worrying about it. Sounds crazy, but. About the time I quit stressing out about it and figure, trying to figure out how I could fix it is about the time it fixed itself because I quit, I quit worrying about it. I quit trying to force her to make the retrieve the way I wanted to do it and it came when it came. 
And that's all there is to it. So you got a puppy that's half its half her age. So you, you know, be patient. I think that's part of it. Now, one of the things I so I recommended that he watches it because I think he'll feel good about himself with a four month old that doesn't retrieve well, knowing that I had an eight month old that didn't retrieve well. So he said, I appreciate all of this. To me, it seems like he has very little interest in retrieves. When I'm sending him, he isn't full of excitement. He'll he'll walk fast or slow jog to the bumper, and it's the same pace back. I know you say not to compare dogs, but I'm watching your Bella Be Good series, and when you send your dogs, it looks like they are shot out of a rocket. When we do retrieves, he will we will do one or two every other day. So that was in response to how often. So he's not doing a lot of retrieving, which is fine. Shouldn't. Um, I still think you take the break. But so he said, I'll check out Live with Spry again. I appreciate your time and your response. You've helped out a lot with your videos. I said, don't make comparisons to other dogs. So I responded back and I did kind of a laughy face behind it. I said, it's not the other dogs that matter. It's yours that matters to you. And I think that's just a really good lesson for everybody. If you're, if some of your frustrations and anger and whatever emotions you're feeling through the training process are based on what you're seeing with other people and other dogs, stop worrying about them and worry about your own. And, and, and I don't even know that you have to worry about your own, but stop worrying, stop comparing and stop paying attention to other dogs because those dogs don't matter to you. It doesn't really matter how they're doing. It matters how you're doing. And so I, you know, my neighbor's got a new whatever. Oh, it makes me feel bad about me because I've got an old one. But, but before, go look at another neighbor because they might have an older one than you. And now all of a sudden you're supposed to feel good about yourself? If you base your, if you base your emotions and feelings of satisfaction and success and enjoyment, and if you base all that stuff on other people's in comparisons, it depends on who you're looking at that day and it's going to dictate how you should feel. That's a terrible way to live your life. You should be basing how you feel about you and you alone, your expectations, your real life situation. So it, I, I can't beat this drum enough. Don't compare yourself to anybody else because they don't matter to you just like you don't matter much to them. Like it, and it's not like in a bad way. It's just it really doesn't matter. Focus on your stuff. If we, if, we, if we spend as much energy worrying about our own stuff as we do other people's stuff, man, we'd get a lot done. And it'd, be, it'd probably be a lot more, uh, we'd probably get a lot more done. It'd be a lot more enjoyable doing it. So um, my answer then was, I, I still say you take that break. I think when you start back, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's supposed to be fun. And so this idea of, I, I, if you look back on our dog, our dogs fire out for retrieves pretty good, with pretty good momentum and they come back with pretty, they're having a lot of fun. The tail wagging is the indicator. Some now, different personalities of dogs, some are very lethargic and slow moving and I relish that. Because here's, here's one where you, I'll let you make a comparison. I'm going to let you compare yourself to the guy that's pulling their hair out right now and just can't stand how hyper their dog is because I get that one a lot. I don't get very many people saying my dog is too slow and, and, and calm for me. 
Usually it's the opposite. So if you want to, if, you, if, you, if you're having a hard time getting past the idea of comparing yourself, compare yourself with that and be proud and happy about it, okay? But if you, our dogs have pretty high energy when it comes to retrieving, and I think it's because we've built that up to be a pretty positive thing. And we've never given them so many that they decided, enough, I quit. So those are things you have to pay attention to. This should be fun. I've seen some people send me videos that are having a hard time getting something done with their dog. And, and we'll use retrieving because this, this is the topic. But it could, be, it could be heel work. It could be hold conditioning. It could be, it could be anything. Those are the big ones I talk about all the time. So I, I see people respond and they go, I don't get it. My dog's just not into it. It's almost like they want to avoid being here. They don't like training. And then I said, well, send me a video of it. So it's some, some guy standing at the end of the hallway, throws a dummy for this little puppy, and bark, yells at it like, it's, like, like, it's, like they're correcting it for something. And it's because they watched some video on ESPN where some guy hollers, bark. I mean, they yell at that dog. It's a field trial thing. And I, I, never under, I never understood it myself, but, and I'm not, and don't, the field trial people, don't be offended by it. You know it as well as I do. You'll laugh at it when you hear this. I hope you laugh at it, unless you're that guy. But you, you, it's this big gladiator feeling of domination. Well, it's a four week old, it's a four month old puppy. Like, I talk like a little 10 year old girl. And I don't care. I'm, I, I'm really, I'm very confident with it. I talk like a little kid a lot when it comes to these puppies because it's high pitched and they get excited and I base it on their tails. So when, when you, I've seen people do a video with a dog and they send the dog down and the dog runs, it may, the dog may be startled, runs down, picks it up out of just instinct and natural. And then they holler at the dog to come back to him. And I mean, they're yelling at the dog to come back to him. And I'm going, I wouldn't come back to you either. You're not very inviting. You're standing like you're a big boss and you're, you're standing over this little puppy like it needs to be dominated. Like you're some big John Wayne. I like John Wayne, so I'm not even going to use that as an example. But you're this big, big towering figure. Get down on the ground. Be, be real warm. I, let's, let's, there's a book. Um, uh, I got to find it. It's the Bill Terrence story. Uh, he loved the dog. I think is the name of it. Is actual and it, man, changed my life. I recommend it to everybody. Um, but one of the things he talks about is we're going to. How does he say it? Um, not, not. We're not going to. We're not going to train dogs with our hands. We're going to train them with our hearts. Now I think that 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 is a. It's a really really powerful thing. I think we have to we have to love our dogs and love that will get us through like my my message to this guy was it doesn't sound like this is fun to you it certainly wouldn't sound fun to be the puppy and I said it sounds like it's frustrating and it sounds like work and when I say work I mean like the kind of work you don't like to do it, that's not what this that's not what this is supposed to be and when that happens we turn this into this downward spiral of it's you're not going to get results and then when you don't get results you're going to get more mad 
And then when you get, don't get more mad, when you get more mad, the results will get even worse. You'll take steps progressively backwards. And so I think sometimes we have to take it to, I, I said to him, take a deep breath and go have some fun. Like go take your dog somewhere that it's fun for you. And do that for a week without retrieving. And then when you come back and you start to feel what it feels like to have fun with your dog and love that dog again, and that dog will all of a sudden love you. I'm going through it a little bit with Bella. I've been, I've been, I've been having expectations of wanting more, wanting more, wanting more out of our sessions and not getting it and frustrated with it. And I've gotten mad at her. And I've, I've been a little bit, I've held a bit of a grudge against her. And I've recognized it and said, this isn't fun to me. If it isn't fun to you, you better take a real hard look at changing things up. So this, in the last four or five days, I've much, much more often, I don't know how many times I'm doing it a day, but in the evenings especially, in the morning when I'm having coffee, instead of having her out on her place, which she does fine with, I call her over by me and I let her sit by me and I pet her a little bit. And she leans her head on my lap. And right now she's sitting on the, she's sitting on the uh, rug. I talked about it. It was in this podcast, right? Right in the beginning, which about come to me. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, yeah, no, that was this. this one. That was this podcast. And she came over to me. Well, ninety nine percent of the time up until this last week, she wouldn't have been sitting where she is. She wouldn't have this freedom. She wouldn't be. She wouldn't have come over to me and put her head on my lap and I'd pet her a little bit and then she'd go back and lay down. And, but I'm, I'm realizing I'm making, our, I'm making our relationship a little bit too work, worky right now, a little too work-like. And to get the most out of her, she's got to love me and I've got to love her. I do love her. But sometimes we get, we get where we get a little stern now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening with this guy and this four-month-old dog. I'm talking about me and Bella. But, but I do think what, when it comes to this four-month-old dog situation with this guy is it's not much fun based on what I'm reading. If you're sitting at home right now listening to this and you're going, I dread my sessions with this dog because it doesn't go very smoothly and I don't know where to go from here and stop the sessions. Just take a deep breath. Do something fun with the dog and like him again. Because if you don't like him, it's a terrible, terrible situation. <laughs> They're not going to like you. Hey, well, I shouldn't say that. Here's the nice part about dogs. Even when you're an asshole, they like you. It's amazing. Even when you are a jerk, they still love you. It's one of the best things about a dog. So what I think you need to do is reciprocate it. And, and so in this situation, this guy needs to figure out how to have some fun with his training and not be so stressed that it's no fun anymore. That's it. How long is that one? 23 minutes. It's a pretty good podcast. Pretty short, nice and short and sweet. But the takeaway from that is there is some, there is some mechanical technique stuff when it comes to the retrieve. I hope that you pick up on that. But the biggest picture is probably if... It, at four months, I love the age four months old. I just think they start to become real sponges at that age. Up until then, I'm probably not doing that much with them. Very, very minimal. 
Um, real, real basic stuff. Uh, establishing some structure, establishing some routine, uh, you know, housebreaking, that kind of stuff is all, all stuff that we're, we're covering, you know, our puppy DVD, our puppy video. That's the stuff I'm doing those first eight to 12 weeks probably. But by the time we get to four months, 16 weeks, I'm going, man, this is when they're fun for me because we can start doing a little bit more with them, literally just start doing some more with them and they really accelerate if they're prepared properly. But if you're to the point where the frustration is hitting you at 16 weeks old, oh my gosh. First off, you lost those first eight weeks. You'll never get them back. And if you keep, if you keep the mentality going for the next eight weeks, you'll never get those back. You know, I, I don't want to get too deep, but I've got, a, I've got a son that's graduating high school. He's going to college next year. And there's been some real, real slap in the face reminders to me as he's finishing high school of, I'll never get those years back. He, he, he will feel that in a few years too. He'll never get those years back. But I feel it right now and it's because I've been through a lot more than he has. I've been through the high school part. I've been through the college part. I've had the kid part. I've got a little another. You th- Let me tell you right now, I've got a Lillian turned one in January so she's like 14 months probably 15 15 months right now I've got a 15 month old little girl and I've got an 18 year old son and a 10 year old daughter in between right in the middle and I go I know for a fact how quickly it goes because I see it with my son I am I am things will be different with our daughter who's 10 and things will be different with our daughter that's one and it's going to be because I am going to recognize once, they're, once it's done, it's done. It's gone. You don't, you don't have the luxury of going back and enjoying it again. So this puppy, you've got a four-month-old pup that you've got the next 10 years to enjoy. Let me tell you, the next eight months before that dog turns a year, you're gonna, you, can, you have the choice. You can have eight really great months. And if you really enjoy them, you'll accomplish a lot. Or you could have eight months of misery. And in that eight months, you're not going to get nearly as much done and you won't enjoy it at all. And I say, and it's not to say that at a year, all learning ends, but that first year is really important. I, you know, Bella's first year, Bella, Bella turned a year uh, last month. That first year was really important to 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 establish where she's at right now. Now this next year will be really important as well. But without the first year, you don't get the second. You, you, it's all, you, you gotta, we just did an, a podcast, our last podcast, we talked about how, where do you start? You start in the beginning. You can't start in the middle of a project and expect to finish it. Because the first half of that project is missing. This first year is a real important part of the rest of, of the next year and the following year and the year beyond that. So enjoy it, ha- have, have fun with it. When you do, it goes a lot, lot. It goes just goes so much smoother. Okay, that's it. Another one in the books. <laughs>